Hey, Fedheads, welcome to another episode of Sharing Our Pairings. This is Sharing Our Pairings, episode 106, Oktoberfest in May. I'm your host, John the Cigar Surgeon. Sharing Our Pairings broadcast around the world, picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network, and of course broadcast live on YouTube, possibly in Facebook, although we're having some technical challenges before the show, so no guarantee it's working. I apologize in advance. Anyone trying to listen on Facebook, you have to switch over to uh, YouTube, unfortunately. Uh, Sharing Our Pairings is brought to you and sponsored by Gurkha Cigars. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Trippy Trent. Trippy, what's uh, what's going on on this sunny Wednesday night? Oh, it's it's just gorgeous here. It's like 72 degrees or so. I'm in a t-shirt for the first time on the show in, in many, many months. Uh, we are live on Facebook, regardless of the technical issues. Turns out we're live anyway. So some technical um, shenanigans, because, uh, you know, one of the... As everyone who's followed me as a host on Cigar Chat or Sharing Our Pairings knows, I'm a pretty technical guy. I like to make sure that my T's are dotted, my I's are crossed, and that everything works prior to the show. And the video was not showing, it was not feeding back that it was uh, working prior to the show. But I'm glad to hear that it is working because, you know, I'm excited to share tonight's show with uh, all of our Facebook listeners and viewers. Yeah, me too. Uh, It's, you know, it's always nerve-wracking when there's technical issues like that and we like being live on Facebook. People like watching us on Facebook. <clears throat> it's true. We like the comments. We like the likes. We like the emoticons. Now, of course, if you are listening on uh, YouTube, please give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to our channel. If you're listening on Facebook, feel free to give us some, you know, those the various emoticons, the loves, the gasps, the angry faces, you know, whatever you, whatever you feel like. We're, we're kind of... Some of those sweet, sweet comments. I do. Li- we do like sweet comments, and we do appreciate sweet comments for the show. Um, you know, it gives us something to do other than just talk shenanigans and, and fill for the rest of the show. But Sharing Our Pairings is a show where we are dedicated and dedicated since 2014, coming up on our three-year anniversary, dedicated to pairing cigars with beverages, although not always. We did a, we did a cheese and chocolate show, but tonight we're, we're pairing beers because it's Oktoberfest in May. In May. In May. I really can't think of a better time to have Oktoberfest, frankly. Me neither. I, I think it's actually better beer weather than October. Usually, right? at least. Certainly for me. I mean, it's it's in the low 70s uh, freedom unit right now, which is, uh, you know, low set, low uh, 20s for our uh, science unit listeners out there. Um, but it's perfect. It's perfect weather. I mean, it could be warmer, but I'm in a T-shirt. I'm comfortable. Really, what more could I ask? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, even at like the mid-70s, if I'm sitting out on the patio and in the sun, it gets real hot real fast. So, talking about what we're pairing tonight, because it is a special show, we are pairing the Casada Oktoberfest. This is the 2016, because the 2017 isn't out yet. It's not Oktoberfest yet, guys. You know, hold your horses. It's the 2016 release, and we're smoking, hold that up, we're smoking the Blue Band, otherwise known as the Dominican release. Uh, If you want to know what the difference is, the easy way to tell is the Red Band is the Nicaraguan release, which... You know, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Nicaraguan tobacco. I'm a huge fan of Nicaraguan cigars. I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's a secret. Everyone knows that. So we'll definitely be doing that at a future show for sure. We'll definitely be doing a review. But tonight we're sticking with the classic. We're going with the Dominican because you know Casada is a Dominican company at its heart. That's right. And I'm smoking the same cigar, but in a different vitola than you. I think you have like the robusto or the toro. It looks like uh, I've got. I think they call it Das Boot. Uh, it's this little torpedo got a nice flat box press. And I'm, I am smoking the, uh, Bavarian, 
which the specs on this bad boy, it's a five and a half by 52. So a little bit of a Robusto Extra. It's zero over five inches, guys. It's a Robusto Extra. I know it says Robusto, but come on. It's not, uh, let's not fiddle around. The MSRP in these is super reasonable. It's seven ninety five. I mean, that's, that's approachable. Very approachable. I yeah. Think. That's not a bad price at all. A little bit about this cigar made in the Dominican. The, uh, wrapper is, uh, Dominican and the binder comes from the Sabao Valley. I don't know where that is, but it's, uh, listed on the website. You can check that out. We've got a link to it on our show page. For filler, it's, uh, Cuban seed Criollo and Allura Vito, uh, or pardon me, uh, Criollo Seed. Uh, well, I've got all my notes backwards here, but <clears throat> it's a Loravito Lajero. So it's 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 pretty good so far. I mean, I've, I haven't actually smoked one of these yet. This is the first time I'm cracking it, and I figured, you know, the perfect time to be cracking this is with a beer, and we've got a pretty good lineup of beers tonight. Do you have any yeah. specs on uh, MSRP on your uh, boot? Uh, the MSRP on this one is eight seventy five. Now... Is that box? Is that the box press? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of got a, a flat box press, so it's a little wider than it is. I like. I yeah. mean, I'm a huge fan of box presses. I like that it takes a larger ring gauge and just sits it more comfortably in your mouth. I'm I'm a huge yeah. fan of that. I, I agree. Not as much for torpedoes. I don't think it's quite as necessary for torpedoes, but for parejos, it's. Uh, I really like that kind of flat box press shape. And it's starting out. Um, so we, we've had the uh, the keg, which was released uh, earlier in the year. We've had the keg featured on the show before. And I'd say it's definitely um, much more nuanced and subdued than the keg. Mm-hmm. The keg was kind of a little firecracker. So I might have, you know, based on my first quarter inch of cigar here, I may have gone way overboard in terms of uh, strength level for my pairings tonight. I think you might have the uh, the right idea. I, I think you're probably right. Uh, for people who haven't looked at our pairings yet, uh, we'll get to that. But uh, we'll start off by saying that we went in kind of a different direction from each other, which is kind of funny because we, you know, we obviously we're pairing with beer. It's kind of a no-brainer. It's a Casado Oktoberfest meant to be paired with beer, and we want to keep within that spirit. But we really, really talk about the style of beer uh, that we're going to go with. I know last mm-hmm. year Robbie and I went with sort of very classic. Oktoberfest style beers, and I think you kind of stuck within that that theme, didn't you? Yeah, I went with uh, all Bavarian and German style beers. And conversely, I completely went away from that 100%. Um, I went with uh, Porters and Stouts exclusively, and they're all, uh, I was going to say American, but that's not true, because one of them is from Canada, actually locally here in Calgary. Um, But yeah, it's it's very, very huge departure because my beer, my beers are really going to be that toasted porter slash stout quality, and your beers are going to be a little bit more nuanced, maybe some citrus quality. Yeah, uh, and I, th- I think I might have really missed my mark here in terms of strength because, again, you know, so far, and this this cigar could pick up in uh, intensity, but so far the uh, 2016 Oktoberfest is quite nuanced. It's nice. It's it's really good, but it's uh, <laughs> it might not meet the strength of the beers that I've chosen tonight. Yeah. I'm, I'm really liking it so far. It's got a little bit of sweetness, just a kind of a hint of like baking spice with a tiny bit of black pepper, but it's yeah, mostly you... kind of leathery, fruity sweetness. So I'm definitely getting the leather, especially in the post job. I'm, uh, until you said pepper, I wasn't really picking it up until I do a retro. So I'm getting the pepper on the retro. One of the things that I kind of like on this wrapper, I don't know if this makes me a weirdo or not, but it's, it's like toothy. It's really toothy. It's got a whole bunch of like, toothy bits and i kind of dig that to me it's you know 
that just that just screams handmade product to me. Premium yeah. handmade product. Yeah, I I didn't really notice before, but it really does have like almost microscopic like tooth specks. Hmm. Can't really feel them, but they're definitely there. And it's got the secondary band, which I think is actually new this year, uh, denoting the uh, year, which is helpful, especially if you have an because it is it is switched over to an annual release now. So prior prior was kind of a limited. They weren't sure whether it was going to continue year over year, and I think they've made a statement that this is going to be an ongoing release every year, which I think is awesome. Um, they introduced some new size this year, which yours is, I think, one of the newer sizes. And uh, they switched the packaging up to kind of make it cool. They've got a, a beer house packaging available. Um, the Bavarian's available in a 20-count box, which is reasonable. It keeps the price down if you're looking to pick up a box. Um, I just like the whole the whole idea of it is just kind of a cool, from-the-ground approach up a, a pure beer pairing cigar. I like the I like the whole concept really. Yeah, me too. It's uh, I mean I, I think a lot of people generally pair with beers, pair their cigars, of course, with beer. But there aren't many cigars out there that are kind of specifically designed to match up with a beer. Uh, typically, people just pair with beers because they like beer. Yeah, and I would say you know three years ago when we started the show, there really wasn't pairing at all. I mean, there was some really small examples of that. Um, Casada was one of the first companies that, that really started to, to go down that route of a themed cigar. And it's not, you know, it, and I, I'm remiss to say the, call it a themed cigar because it really isn't like themed cigar kind of implies that the cigar is somehow lacking and it's not a lacking cigar. It's a premium product that just happens to be designed. So you can pair with beer. You don't have to, but you know, Sometimes the experience is better by pairing, which is the whole reason we have this show in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Do we have any uh, audience questions to uh, kick it off before we get into our um, get into our pairings here? Uh, it doesn't look like we have any yet. Uh, as you know, Facebook can be kind of uh, it can be a little opaque when it comes to comments. So I don't always see the comments for a few minutes. Copy that. All right. Well, we'll just hop right into it because um, <clears throat> we do uh, we do have a our first advertising break in, the, in in about four minutes here, but. We'll get right into it. Yeah, let's talk about our first uh, our first pairings. Roger that. So first pairing of the night here is uh, something from McKellar. Now, McKellar is no stranger to this show. We've featured McKellar on a number of occasions, way many occasions. And this is the Crooked Moon Tattoo Stockholm. And the uh, for those who are viewing from home live, you can see it's kind of a funky, weird. It's got like a fox with a with a cap on it. And it looks like he's eating uh, a radish or an onion with brains. And there's a whole bunch of like symbols on it. I mean, it's, it's funky. And, you know, my experience with, with uh, McKellar has kind of been hit or miss. So some of them are good. Some of them not so good. This is definitely uh, a stout. You can see it's got that thick, viscous color to it. It's, it's holding onto the glass. Well, it's got a nice head. The, the carbonation is decent. Um, and I'll talk about McKellar uh, right after you uh, introduce your first beer of the night. Sure. So my first one is from Freem, which we've had before. Uh, I've talked about them several times at least, at least two or three times. Uh, but they're local to me in Hood River, Oregon, founded in 2012. And this is their Helles Lager. Uh, it is 20 IBUs and 5.3% alcohol by volume. And Helles Lager is an interesting style that's kind of a uh, light on hops with a sweeter finish than something like a Pilsner. Pilsners tend to have a little more hops and have kind of a crisp 
dry finish, and this has a little bit of a, a sweeter character than something like a Pilsner. That sounds delightful, frankly. But it looks kind of like a Pilsner. It does it's look kinda, like a Pilsner. It's just yellow. It looks like macro brew beer. Uh, but once you taste it, it's, it's different. Well, getting back to my beer, the and we've talked about this at length, McKellar isn't actually a brewery. They're what's called a cuckoo or phantom brewery, which means that they don't actually have a brewery. They work with other brewers to produce their product, which is kind of cool. They come up and, you know, we've got lots of examples in the cigar industry of that. There's a lot of cigar manufacturers that do not own a factory because that, that stuff's expensive. So mm-hmm. they work with other manufacturers to produce the product. So totally normal in the cigar industry, but it is increasing in the beer industry where you're seeing a lot more of this uh, phantom brew style. Uh, they were founded in 2006. Their home is McKellar Bar in Copenhagen. Um, they own the bar, and that's kind of where their, their home is. And a little bit of the Crooked Moon Stout Stockholm. It is an American-style stout. It is 8% ABV and a beer advocate rating of 87. What's interesting about this is they say it's brewed with figs. Figs. That's mm-hmm. interesting. I've never had a beer brewed with figs before, but it's it's kind of nice. It's kind of... um. It's definitely figgy, but, um, you know, like a lot of the um, pumpkin ales we've had before, this is a good example of where the fig is maybe a little understated, which is probably a good thing, mm-hmm. um, but it, it, adds, uh, it adds that nice figgy quality, which I think goes well with stouts. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that working together. Um, mine, like I said, it's, it's got that Hellas Lager flavor. It's kind of a, it's got a, it's crisp with the hops up front, and then it's just kind of sweet, malty backbone. Um, that's very easy drinking and smooth. And I think it goes pretty well with the cigar. I'm going to talk about my pairing in just a minute here, but we're right up against it for a break. And I want to remind our audience, you are tuning into Sharing Our Pairings, episode 106, Oktoberfest of May. I'm your host, John the Cigar Surgeon, joined as always by my co-host, Trippy Trent. We are broadcast live around the world, picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network. And of course, course, broadcast live on CigarFederation.com and YouTube.com. And we haven't forgotten about all you you uh, podcast listeners out there who are listening in droves all over the world. I do get to see the country codes, and we've got a diverse listener base around the world. We appreciate all of that. Uh, stay tuned for a word from one of our sponsors. Sharing Our Pairings is brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated Heritage featuring a Rosado, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvanian, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it is hand-rolled Nicaragua and available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the Heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preference is, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. Sharing our pairings is back, and of course we're pairing with some tasty beers because it is Oktoberfest in May. We're doing this delicious Oktoberfest 2016. This is the Dominican Republic version, as denoted by the Blue Band. And that leather note we were kind of talking at the beginning of the show, that leather note has really kicked up for me. Um, And and I would say I honestly can't remember the last time I've had a a Dominican cigar that was this leathery. Normally I get that out of uh, Nicaraguan cigars. Yeah, me too. They, but Nicaraguan cigars tend to be a more uh, spicy kind of leather, and this is kind of a almost candy sweet kind of leather for me. Mm-hmm. So I was talking before our break there. I wasn't sure whether this beer or these beers were going to go well with the cigar, and you know what? It does. The fig is interesting. The uh, even though it's a stout, and even though it's uh, what what did I say? Eight percent. Eight percent. Yeah, it's eight percent ABV. It's not running over the cigar, 
which is really a testament to the blend of the cigar. So what ends up happening is the the leather that's in that cigar is really supercharging the fig note. So that fig note is now standing out as they take a puff of the cigar. And I'm getting a lot more sweetness out of the cigar after I take a sip of the beer and kind of let it go through my palate. Um, so the, the cigar, I don't normally, I'm not really getting a lot of sweetness when I draw on it, like just as I'm normally drawing on it without sipping. But the moment I'm done taking a sip and take a draw, I mean, there's there's a lot of sweetness coming off of this cigar. Yeah, I, I really think, I really get a lot of sweetness off of it. And that brings me actually to an audience question from Harley Holmes. You'll be able to answer this. I will not be able to. What differences do you notice between the different years of the Oktoberfest? Because I've only had a couple of the 2016s. I missed out on the 2015 entirely. Well, that's really a question for Terrence because he's the... Um... He's the That's expert on point. the blends, but all and really, you know, we got to have Terrence on for the next uh, Oktoberfest show. I think when we do the Nicaraguan, because Terrence loves his beers. And for those who don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about Terrence Riley, who is the uh, nephew of Manolo, who owns the factory. And uh, Terrence, you know, was kind of a big part of this whole Casada keg and Oktoberfest style of packaging and design. He really helped drive that that concept. Um, but getting back to the original question, thanks for the question, Harley. We do appreciate it. I would say that year over year, I think the flavor profile has been getting a little bit more intense. Um, I think I think the 2015 was Terrence's favorite. Um, I think I recall him saying that. But I would say that the intensity of both the keg and the, the Casada Oktoberfest is really picking up in intensity. Again, this is kind of my first one, so it's tough for me to kind of compare and say, you know, the notes in the 2016 are X compared to the notes in the 2015, which are Y. So I am looking forward to doing a, a true review where I sit down and really concentrate on the notes of the cigar without a beer there to distract. But yeah, I would say at its core, I think the strength level in terms of the flavor, I mean, the strength level of the flavor is picking up. And maybe that's just an indication of, People are pairing it with stronger and stronger beers, and the cigar maybe needs to pick up in strength to to keep that and not be run over by those beers. But I could be talking completely out of my butt. Who knows? I mean, that makes sense. I know that with the new uh, the new keg this, that came out this year, the 2017, I know that they specifically said they they ramped up the strength on that one considerably. You know. The trend in the market has really been for stronger and stronger cigars. And again, you know, talking about strength, I'm talking about flavor intensity, not nicotine mm-hmm. strength, because you know I would not classify this Quesada Oktoberfest as having a lot of strength in terms of nicotine strength. I would actually play, put this as really a light medium. Yeah, um, yeah, but, just on the minus side of medium. Yeah, just on the minus side of medium, but the flavor profile is definitely in the medium full category, which is nice because you can get a – you can get a full flavored cigar without sort of knocking you over in terms of uh, nicotine strength. And that's, I mean, I think that's kind of true of all the Casada offerings. They've got this really great range of, you know, everything from the Fonseca all the way up where the Fonseca is kind of light, very easy to smoke. Um, and then you can get into the Casada series, which is just like 100% full flavored cigars. And then you've got the keg and you've got the October. There's a lot of offerings. And of course uh, the Casa Magna, which is kind of, Full, full <laughs> across oh, yeah. the board. And I, I, I was looking in my humidor the other day and I still have like a seven of Casa Magnus from, uh, I think they go back three years now. And uh, I break them out and, you know, get out my whiskey every once in a while and pair them up. Ooh, that sounds like a good combination. Oh. So, so far, I don't know what your feelings are on this first pairing because we are going diff- very dramatically different pairings. But um, 
I'm I'm impressed. I'm impressed because I wasn't sure this was going to work out. I'm not um, blown away necessarily by this pairing. I don't know that this stoutness does uh, a huge amount for this cigar, but it's not a bad pairing. I mean, I'm enjoying myself for sure. Um, I'm, I already feel like this might be my favorite pairing of the night just because the other beers that I have are, are more German style than this, um, more traditional German. And that's just generally not my bag. It's typically a little too sweet for me, but I'll give it a try anyway uh, for the uh, edification of the show. So that that was actually going to be my next question because I know we've we've talked beers in the past, but <clears throat> do you? I mean, do you typically go out and pick up a half of Eisen or a October like a, a Oktoberfest style of beer? Like, is that your thing? Even no, not at all. Not usually. So the the styles that I generally prefer, I would say number one is like a a goza, something that's sour but not overly sour, just because they're super refreshing. Uh, and then next would be IPA course because i live on the west coast and everybody likes ipas and then third would be like a barrel aged stout those are my go-to styles uh it's interesting to me that you have such a diverse range i mean gozas and stouts are on pretty opposite range i mean ipas and stouts i get yeah but gozas and stouts are pretty far apart just that i found the niches that i like i found the, the niche in sours the niche in hops and the niche in dark beers and those are just mostly what I stick to. I mean, I'll buy just about anything. And uh, like if I go to a tap house or something, I'll try just about everything that I can. So like, what would you, what would you, what would you drink on a patio if it was hot outside? A goza. See, that's, I love, I love goza when it's hot. That's, I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to judge another person because we've all got <laughs> different beer styles. But um, to me, you know, what got me on half of Ison's and, and October, fest style of beers and and even um uh you know when you get into the uh the farmhouse saison styles to me that's that's like those are patio beers do you like do you drink saisons at all not too much a little bit really uh i don't hate them but i just don't drink them often just don't drink them but so far so good yeah okay fair enough well, I'm uh, going to hop into my second beer here tonight. Um, it's really along the same lines of what we're already talking about. This is from Ribsto- Ribstone Creek Brewery. They got a really cool can. Very um, very Western, very Albertan. It's kind of got that maybe understated look to it. With some, It's kind of got the cool, yeah. um, you know, the can's got the cool old man winter in the back. But uh, they're all located in Egder, Egd, can't even talk tonight, Egderton, Egderton, Ed. Edgerton. Edgerton. It's a, t- it's a tough one I'm for me to, to say. No, Edgerton, Alberta. And they were established in 2009, uh, started up by Don Pear, Cal Hawks, Chris Frazier, and Alvin Gordon. And really, they got into it not knowing anything about brewing, which is not normally the, uh, you know, that's not normally how the start of a brewery tale starts. They don't normally say, yeah, we didn't know anything. We just decided to kick off a brewery. Normally, they say they're home brewers or something like that or got their apprenticeship or something like that. So this is kind of cool. But they have been in, in, in since 2009. They make great beer. I'm going to hold that up there. Uh, again, very along the lines of the first beer I started out with, but it you can see it's a little bit thinner. It doesn't really have the same head quality in terms of thickness. So, you know, varying the porter quality, uh, what you'd expect. Uh, beer Advocate score of 85, which I, I kind of feel is a bit low. It kind of reflects that maybe this beer is really limited to Alberta. And, you know, outside of Alberta, just not drinking it. Um, 6.6% ABV, 
I'm going to read the uh, description because it's kind of a cool one. They say it's a robust dark brown porter with pronounced chocolate and and roasted coffee notes. It's balanced by a light caramel sweetness with a fruity and roasted aroma on the nose. A 6.6 well-bodied brew is the perfect companion for a cold winter night. Well, that doesn't describe this night at all, does it? Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. I definitely get a lot of the caramel notes on the nose. It kind of uh, reminds me of those Werther's candies, which I love. Mm -hmm. Very, very Werther's-y. I'm going to take some sips here and let you uh, talk a little bit about your second beer of the night. All right. So I've got an interesting one. It is from Stefaner. I I took German class in high school, but I do not know how to pronounce this one. It's a long word. I'm going to go Weihenstefaner yeah. and guess that that's it. Close uh, enough. But this is, this is their Hefdunkel, which basically means that it's a dark, unfiltered wheat beer. They have a very interesting history. They claim to be, at least, the oldest brewery in the world. They first opened, or they first started as a monastery in Weihenstephaner in 725. That's the year, 725 AD. I I don't know if you know aware of this or not, Trippy, but that's a long time ago. That's a real long time ago. Then uh, the Turkish actually completely destroyed the monastery in the year 955. They rebuilt it, and in 1040, Abbot Arnold was granted a license to brew and sell beer for the first time by the Bavarian government, or whatever the government was in place at that time, at least. And then, between the years of 1085 and 1463, the brewery-slash-monastery burned down entirely four times. They were struck by three plagues, and what on the website is only described as the Great Earthquake. I'm not sure about that. And then I'm, I'd just like to interject. I'm not a religious man, but you know, it's a monastery. You'd think they might be taking that as a sign of bad things. Yeah. They, I, I would have thought that that would have been like, this is a bad omen. We should stop making beer, but they did not. They have made beer, uh, except for I'm, I'm assuming the periods where they were rebuilding. They've been making beer for over a thousand years. That's a, that's a long time trippy. A thousand years been, is a very long time. They've been licensed to make beer for almost a thousand years, which is, I mean, that's just kind of mind blowing. Can I just comment on how absurd it is that in 1040, you need a license to brew? I mean, the government was getting their, getting their thumbs in that bucket pretty early on at 1040. Well, so now they're actually owned by the government because in, I I didn't note what year it was because I didn't want to go on and on about their story, but they, there was a period of secularism in Bavaria, where the government took control of all the monasteries. And for this one, they just kept control of it over the years. And so now it's the Bavarian state uh, brewery. So this Dunkel clocks in at a a whopping 14 IBUs. Uh, There's not a lot of hops in here. Nope. And it's it's a mere 5.3% ABV. So it's, you know, it should be an easy drinking beer. Can I just say that a dark, unfiltered wheat beer is probably one of my top five, maybe even top three favorite styles? Really? Yeah. I, I really dig it. Malty. See, that's what I love. I love that rich, malty character, and I think the the unfiltered piece, I don't know, it just gives it a great mouthfeel. It's, again, I think, you know, when I think sitting out on a patio having a burger, that's that's my go-to beer every single time. Okay. Oh. I think more of of a... Uh, just about anything that's in the realm of this color, anything yellow, 
whether it's an IPA or a Goza or a Pilsner even, or a, a lager. Um, I like light, lighter colored beers when it's hot out. Makes sense. I mean, normally lighter beers are kind of, you know, low ABV, kind of associated with being a bit more refreshing, a little crisp. Yeah. Makes sense. I do want to remind our audience, though, that they are tuned in to Sharing Our Pairings, episode 106. Oktoberfest in May, and this is broadcast live around the world, picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network, and of course broadcast on Facebook Live, which seems to be working. Broadcast on YouTube, and of course, CigarFederation.com, which is where we're housed. The show is sponsored by Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Go down and talk to your local B&M about the Heritage or the Heritage Maduro. The Heritage was rated 93. That's, that's a pretty good score. That's normally a high score for Cigar Federation, too. So check that out. Talk to your local B&M. They'll find the cigar that's right for you. And, of course, i got to give lots of love out to our podcast listeners. I see you guys listening in droves, droves all the time. Um, you know, we see country codes all over the world, all over Europe. Uh, we've got guys tuning in from South Africa. We've got guys tuning in from South America, Central America, all of the states, of course. And we appreciate that love and that support. You guys are out there listening. You guys and gals are out there listening, and we appreciate that love. It's good to know that uh, all of our tomfoolery and shenanigans are appreciated. You can, of course, go onto Facebook and leave a comment. You can go to CigarFederation.com and leave a comment. Speaking of, do we have any, uh, before we get in too further into our uh, second beer of the night here, do we do we have any questions, Trippy, comments, questions? No, the, the audience is pretty quiet tonight. Uh, Donald Cozaro says he homebrews some Czech Pilsner, which sounds pretty good. Don's been a longtime uh, member of uh, Cigar Federation. And I, actually, that's something I skipped over. For the uh, the Helles Lager, so Helles Lager uh, came from the German beer companies, Munich-based breweries mainly. They were worried because in the I think it was the mid 1800s when Czech Pilsner became like the big thing, and everybody wanted Czech Pilsner, and Helles Lager was their answer to Czech Pilsner. Interesting. Uh, it's kind of the German version of a Czech Pilsner. Um, and, you know, now everything is kind of commingled together. So there are German pilsners. But back then, uh, they they wanted to get people drinking German beer. Makes sense. If you, I mean, especially we're talking about why, why have a Steph, Stefano there brewing since the 700s. That's that's a long time. That's a long, long time ago. Long time. Now, I'm kind of getting into the middle-ish third of the cigar. And it is sharply picked up in intensity. Mm-hmm. Um I'm getting a little bit more a white pepper, actually, not a black pepper. A um, little bit of nuttiness. Leather's fading a little bit, which is probably for the best because the leather was getting pretty intense for me. Um, it's got a nice un- undercurrent of creaminess, which I think is the cigar, not the beers. Uh, but, you know, once again, Casada making an excellent product. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with any of those points, with all of those points. Uh, you're right on the head. It's white pepper the leather the leatheriness is really kind of smoothing out and uh, there's some of that creaminess coming in so i'm going to take some more sips here on my beer kind of get situated um i think this this uh, ripstone creek brewery porter is going a little bit better with the with the with the with the uh, cigar because <clears throat> it's a little less intense than the stout was Kind of in the realm of what I was aiming for when I was thinking porters. Um, you know, and porters tend to be certainly more, shall we say, palate-friendly than stouts. They're not going to take your palate over. And, you know, I think if you are going to pair, like I have with the darker beers, 
you probably want to stick stick away from the stouts. The stouts might be the right way to go with the uh, Nicaraguan. We don't know. We'll find out. But I think in terms of this, the the way this Dominican is smoking so far, I think you probably want to stick around the porter level of intensity. That's probably about right. I'm gonna take some sips here and let you talk about how that uh, second pairing of the night's going for you. So I think the uh, the dark hefeweizen is a little too sweet and malty and kind of uh, not not a bright enough flavor really? to go along with this. Yeah. So I think so far the Hellas Lager goes a little better than this one. Not that it's a bad beer. It's I think it just doesn't play well with the flavors of this cigar. I mean, I can understand that because what I'm liking about this porter is that it isn't very because you know we can you can have a porter or a stout that's really malt forward, very sweet. It's not like that at all. Uh, it's very subdued. In fact, I'd almost say I enjoy this beer more paired with the cigar than I do on its own because I think as a beer on its own, you know, I I think when I picked it up, I was kind of expecting it to be maybe a little bit more caramel forward. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, it's balanced, which is nice, but. None of the flavors are really uh, spiking on me, so I'm not I'm not getting overly espresso flavors. I'm not getting overly malty flavors. I'm not, you know, again, everything's kind of nuanced and balanced, and that really makes sense when you're talking about a cigar that's, for the most part, you know, nuanced and balanced and isn't kicking you in the teeth, kind of like the uh, Casada Keg, which was, you know, a little bit, little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit heavier, a little bit spicier, a little bit stronger. Um, this is nice, and I think this. Uh, Second pairing of the night might, might end up being my favorite, but who's to know? Because I got a, a sleeper hit for my third one today. All right. What's that one? Well, I'm going to get into it. It is uh, Oscar Blues. And how can you say no to Oscar Blues? What what shocked me is that I haven't featured this on the show before. They call it the Wake and Roast Hot Box Coffee Porter. No, it's not <laughs> 420. It's just, it's just hot box and coffee. Don't get any weird ideas. Pack it in, pack it out. It's... um. I've had this many times. It's very good. I don't think Oscar Blues makes bad beer, frankly. Um, I don't. I don't think they're actually capable of making bad beer. And uh, again, very along the lines of what we saw with the Old Man Winter Porter from Ribstone, where it's you know it's a very Porter esque look to it. The the viscousness of it is not very thick. It's not got an overly big head like you would see on a stout. Um, you know, you look at it and you go, "Yep, that's a porter." Um, but you smell it and. Uh, Boy, oh boy, does that ever kick off just a ton of uh, toasted vanilla? Like if, like, well, they say creme brulee in the description. That makes sense, actually. And uh, lots of, like, cocoa nibs, coffee, although subdued. And, you know, we've we've told the story of Oscar Blues so many times, but I'm going to tell the story of Oscar Blues again. For those who are maybe tuning in for the first time, you can catch our back back catalog. Um, Oscar Blues actually started as a brew pub in Lyons, Colorado, all the way back in 1997. Um, they're one of the first craft breweries to use cans. So back in the day, it was all glass bottles. No one, no one thought that putting beer in cans was cool, probably because it was associated with big beer companies and no one wanted to be associated with big beer companies. But uh, they distributed it in cans because they felt the beer was kept fresher. And there was an uh, environmental aspect to it. They felt that you know cans are a little bit easier to, re- to recycle than glass bottles, and uh, and they're more portable, which makes sense because if you drop a can, the worst case scenario is the can bursts open, you spill some beer, and life sucks. You drop a bottle, now you've got a mess, you got to sweep it up, maybe somebody cuts their feet, bad times. So that all makes sense to me. Now, the, the brewery itself actually kicked off in 2002 in Colorado, obviously. And then they expanded later on to add a new brewery in North Carolina and one in Austin, Texas, as their uh, popularity 
grew and they're continuing to grow and grow and grow. The fact that we've got them on the show probably every other episode when we have beers is a pretty clear indication of just how popular they are. Um, this is a Beer Advocate rated 88 beer. So all the beers tonight are kind of in that 85 to 90 range. Um, this is a beer, again, that I think maybe a little underrated because of its style. I think Porter's might be a little underrated in our Beer Advocate, but 6.4% ABV, which is kind of exactly where you'd expect a Porter to be. Uh, 30 IBUs. And they say it's based on the malted flavors of roasted nuts, creme brulee, cocoa, and caramel extracted from English and German roasted and caramel malts. Now, they don't tell me what those malts are. They keep that to themselves, but, you know, some of you out there might be able to guess. They say that uh, hot box roasters then crash the party and infuse potent cold extracted coffee from Brundi and Ethiopian beans, which I'm a huge fan of Ethiopian coffee. Huge fan. And Ethiopian uh, makes great cold brew, which obviously they used in yeah. that. Because because I think it's got and we're gonna coffee geek out here for a second, but uh, because it's, I think it's got low acidity and a really high fruit con- fruit quality content to it, like yeah. it's a really bright coffee to me, which I dig. And yeah, yeah, and uh, cold brewing, of course, cuts down on any level of acidity. So low acidity means it's even kind of sweeter when when it's cold brewed. Oh, and those fruity flavors. Just work beautifully in cold brew. Yeah, they really pop. So for those of you out there who are, um, I know this isn't the coffee show, but might as well be. If for those of you out there doing cold brew, if you don't really like coffee, try try a cold brew, um, not a Starbucks, but you know, normal iced cold brew. Um, you might find that the coffee is a little bit more palatable for you than uh, something else. Because again, that acidity level goes way way down, and it's awesome. Um, but they say it brings out aromas of dark plums, chocolate, and hints of blueberry. Uh, I do get blueberry a lot in Ethiopian coffee. Uh, it is very, very bright, fruity coffee. Um, again, talking about the nose here, I think the nose has a lot more going on than the, than the flavor profile. The nose maybe gives you a sense that's a little bit more intense than it actually is because it's really along the same lines of intensity of the uh, Old Man Porter that I just had, Old Man Winter. It's got a nice mouthfeel, kind of finishes with a little bit of caramel. Get a hint of, hint of blueberry, definitely that cocoa nib quality, and some vanilla. So I'm going to take some sips, take some puffs, and uh, kind of muddle it over my brain while you talk about your third and final pairing of the night yourself, Trippy. So my third pairing, we were, I was talking about Munich before, and this is a Munich-made beer from Polliner Love called Salvatore. It's their Doppelbach. Love it. Or Doppelbach. Doppelbach. Uh, it looks almost exactly like the Dark Hef. Yeah, it's a little redder. Mm-hmm. A little more red and a little bit less hazy, but not by much. And Polliner is another old brewery, though not nearly as old as uh, the last one. They were founded in Munich in 1634, and they have never changed the recipe for this beer. They've been using the same recipe for over 300 years, I think. Yeah, for almost 400. Wow. Uh, it is. They don't give any information about the IBUs, though I would guess that it's very, very low. And it's a a double bock means a double bock, which is a stronger version of a bock. Uh, so this is seven point nine percent ABV. So it's a little bit stronger, though. You know, not not as strong as a lot of American beers that are on the market now. And th- right off the bat, this one's got a lot more flavor than the last one. It's kind of similar, a little bit. A little bit more hops, I think, or at least a little bit more bitter from the malts uh, and kind of an amped up sweetness where the last one was kind of almost bland. 
this one has like a, a punchy sweetness that's kind of fruit forward and uh, I think goes really well with the cigar. Nice. And I, I do think this, this uh, Oktoberfest is picking up in intensity as it goes. Um, I'm smack dab in the middle now, and um, I'm getting a ton, that black pepper's back on the retro, like in a big, big way. Yeah. If I didn't know any better, I'd say it had Nicaraguan filler in it because, uh, again, and, and you know, this is probably because I just don't smoke enough Casada. I really need to smoke more, but it's very intense for flavor. Um, so uh, I get a little bit of earthiness, but the for the most part, the, the draw is very, very clean finish. Like it doesn't have a lot of lingering. Now that that leather has gone, it's not really lingering. Um, I get just tons of pepper off the retro hail, tons yeah. by sort of Dominican standards, not by Nicaraguan standards. So it's still, you know, normal. It's not crazy, but, um, it's good. And I think it's probably the timing is good because I feel like I've stepped up in intensity for beers here. So the, the cigar kind of feels like it's, it's matching that intensity, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I actually totally agree. Cause this is a much stronger beer in flavor terms than the first two were. And I think the Oktoberfest stepped up right at the right moment where uh it's really kind of matching that strength with the spiciness and the increased uh the increased body of the cigar i can i can actually think of some other pairings that might go really well with this and i'll talk about those in a second but i do want to remind our audience that you are tuned in to sharing our pairings episode 106 this is Oktoberfest in may this is sharing our pairings we are pairing the Casado Oktoberfest 2016 dominican release with some beers because it's Oktoberfest. Cigar Federation does broadcast sharing our pairings live around the world, and it is picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network. Thanks to all our Armed Forces Radio Network listeners, wherever you are in the world. Hope you are staying safe. Thanks to all our podcast listeners. Thanks to everyone who's tuned in live on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, appreciate those comments, questions, thumbs, and emoticons that you're sending our way. Appreciate that love. Uh, getting back to the pairing here. So we're just talking about the intensity of the cigar kind of going up at the same time. Actually weirdly think that the cigar might be running over my coffee porter here wow that's surprising because i'm getting like i said there's a lot of sweetness but it you know kind of balanced out with the pepper sweetness lingers a little bit yeah i think it's um i mean it's good i'm enjoying it but um maybe i uh kind of went off a little little too off into left field with the uh, pairings tonight um (laughs) i don't i don't know this last porter is uh matching the intensity of the cigar unfortunately I, I wanted to get some Marzins because obviously a Marzin is the Oktoberfest style, um, but they're just not in season right now. So I wasn't able to get any. Not being made until uh, really mid-July, late July. Yeah. yeah, late July is typically when we start seeing them. And normally, you know, October, September, October is kind of when we do our next our, uh, Casada. And we really should have done a Casada show late last year, but I don't know what happened. We just got too busy. Robbie jumped ship, you know, yeah. all, kinds of, all kinds of stuff Rob, happened. Rob leaving us high and dry really uh, threw a wrench in the works. Where's the love? Where's the love, Robbie? Speaking of Rob, who's going to be on Cigar Chat tomorrow? You remember? Oh, Mo Molly. Mo Molly from, uh, who's distributed Tina? by Mombacho. Tina, and he is now, uh, I believe he's national sales manager for Mombacho now. I think that's his title. I'll have to double check, but uh, he is now... Uh, with Mumbacho officially. Nice. So well, we're having some Mumbacho shows pretty close to each other. Yeah, I might have to see if I can pick up another Mumbacho cigar because I've got two left over, but uh, I kind of wanted to hold them for review. I mean, you know, it's bad form to not smoke the uh, manufacturer's cigar during the show, but... Uh, I think you just don't have enough Mumbachos then. Oh. We have 16 stores worth of Mumbachos, but, um, you know, 
that's a good point. Even at the reasonable price up here in Canada, they're actually uh, really reasonably priced in the market. It's still uh, much, much higher than what you pay in the States by yeah, a of lot. Course. And, and even more than what you would pay if you happened to go to Granada and go to the factory. Right? Yeah. But we're not talking about that. We're, not, we're getting off topic here. I mean, we're still talking cigars. We're getting way off topic here. Um, so, yeah, I think this last pairing is a bit of a miss for me. Um, in a lot of ways, I kind of feel like the, uh, I wish the beer was, uh, stronger, which is, which is really strange. Cause maybe I need to go back to my, uh, my McKellar, uh, Crooked Moon tattoo Stockholm to see if in fact, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to kind of jump back to the beginning here. That, I mean, that's pretty much how I feel about porters in general. Uh, for me, porters just don't have enough flavor and body for me to want a porter more than a stout. Yeah. Pretty much any time. Yeah, that's so. First of all, I agree. That's that's kind of true most of the time for me as well. But I got to say, after this beer's been kind of sitting for thirty minutes, good lord, is there a lot of fig coming off of this now? Like, I actually think that this. Um, I I have my my order completely backwards because I think this Crooked Moon Tattoo Stockholm should have been my last beer of the night, not my first beer of the night, because the uh, fig coming off of it is just it's almost overpowering. Actually, wow, it's funky though. Like. It's almost got like a tannic quality to it, like a little bit of little bit of sourness with a little bit of tannins. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the right pairing. Anyway, <laughs> so <clears throat> let's go back. Uh, let's go back over our pairings here and kind of talk about uh, what we liked and what we didn't like. I'll kick it off here. So uh, two attempts here at this uh, Crooked Moon Tattoo Stockholm, which is a really interesting beer. Maybe not the right beer for this cigar. Um, it was a beer advocate rated 87. That sounds about right to me. I, you know, put it mid mid to high 80s uh, on its own. Quite quite interesting. Not sure it's the right pairing with the cigar. It started out really interesting when I um, started out with the cigar, but now that the cigar is kind of picking up in intensity, uh, they're they're really fighting each other. I think the fig note on the beer uh, just doesn't really line up here. And 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 I'm really taking this cigar. I think outside of kind of the traditional pairings for sure. I would probably rate this first pairing um, 83 to an 85. You know, it's one of those pairings where I do it again if I had it, but I wouldn't really actively seek it out. Sure. So my first pairing that the uh, Freem Hellas Lager, I think it was a very good pairing. It's not quite made for the cigar, but it, it does play really well with the flavors of the cigars. I would give that one, I would say a 90. Wow. It's very good, but it's there's something missing, and I can't identify what. What about your second pairing? Going back to the um, Old Man Winter Porter, I kind of feel like this is the pairing of the night for me. Not because it's understated, but really because it's it's um seems kind of match the flavor profile, or at least uh, complement the flavor profile, kind of the way I was hoping it would go. Um, Beer Advocate score of 85, which I really feel is quite low, uh, and I think really just kind of speaks to maybe the category of porters or maybe a little underrepresented or underappreciated. You know, we, we already just kind of talked about it where maybe a lot of people just reach for stouts instead of porters. Um, I think the beer does a, a much better job of supporting the flavor profile of the cigar. This is probably something I would do again, although again, I don't think I'm, you know, I'm not blown away. It's not blowing my skirt up. So I would probably rate this in the... Um, 86 to 88 range, you know, 88 being a high water mark for that pairing. I think it probably lands in really the 86, 87 mark. I would reach for it again, uh, but I wouldn't reach for it every day. I wouldn't reach for it every week. I wouldn't necessarily actively seek it out. But definitely, I think it went better than the than, than my first beer of the night. Um, my second beer of the night, the by Hestefaner. I think I'm getting better at saying that. Uh, 
I mean, for me, that beer just doesn't bring enough to the table to pair with a cigar. It's an okay beer on its own, but I, I just wouldn't really recommend pairing it with any particular cigars. So I would give that one an 82. Okay. Well, go, going to my last pairing of the night here, this um, Hotbox Coffee Porter. Um, definitely, definitely, I think, matches, again, more the style of what I was looking for with the porter here. Um, but it just... it. For whatever reason, it just doesn't doesn't have enough oomph to it to stand up this cigar. It's tasty. I enjoy the beer on its own. Like again, we've talked about Oscar Blues. You know, they good. They good. But they good. But paired with a cigar, the cigar is just a little too much. And you know, talking about the cigar, I kind of feel like the cigar might go really well with a good Irish whiskey. Like that's kind of where my head's at. Is I feel like I a really nice that. Irish whiskey would be would be tasty. But yeah, the Hotbox Coffee Porter. Good, but just not the right combination of flavors with the cigar. So um, definitely higher than the McKellar. I'm going to put it in the um, smack dab in the 85, 86 range, so maybe a point or two higher. Um, I think for me, the uh, Old Man Winter Porter was was the winner of the three, but uh, not necessarily a huge standout by any stretch of scoring. All right. For me, the Polliner uh, Salvatore is really the pairing of the night. Mm. Uh, it's... I think it's probably the closest to an Oktoberfest style that I had tonight. Yeah. And it just the sweetness and the slight hoppiness works really well with this cigar. Yeah. I would give that one a 92 easily. That kind of matches my experience. Um, you know, last year we did, we did a bunch of, um, and the year before we did a bunch of pairings with uh, Oktoberfest beers and that Polliner, uh, not only is, is a pairing with the Casada cigars, but really is a standalone beer. Mm-hmm. It's, I like that style. Um, you know, I, I feel like all of the flavors are kind of dialed up a little bit, but nothing is really offensive. Like, you know, the multi quality isn't too strong. The, you know, it's just, it's just, it's a great beer. And, um, I think I've still got some of my cooler actually now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah. And for the, for the Vi Honor, I forgot to mention it, mention it, but I think that for that one, the thing that makes it a miss for me is that it's malty, but not sweet. Right. And it's crisp, but not hoppy. And it just kind of ends up being kind of, the flavors are kind of muddled because all mm. the flavors are so toned down. That makes sense. I mean, that's really the large complaint about porters too, is that we talk about yeah. the flavors are just too dialed down. So, uh, yeah. So for you, Polliner was the winner of the night. For me, the Ribstone was the winner of the night. So we've got another, we've got a regular scheduled cigar chat. Um, so maybe just tell our audience uh, when and where to tune in tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, tune in at 8 p.m. Pacific or 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, uh, cigar federation.com you can tune in on youtube you can tune in on facebook we will have mo molly national sales manager of mambacho and owner of patina cigars which is the new uh it's it started off as a project that mambacho was making for patina not quite sure how the relationship works out now um but we'll have a chance to find out tomorrow Indeed, we will. Uh, for all our live listeners and all our podcast listeners, don't tune out just yet. We'll have a After Dark segment coming up right after this Armed Forces Radio Network segment. But I do want to take this moment to thank all the Armed Forces Radio Network listeners out there. As we say every week, you guys are built to do things we are not built to do. And we appreciate wherever you are in the world keeping us safe. Hope you have a chance to enjoy this 58 minutes of shenanigans from us. You have a chance to light up a cigar. Even better. You probably don't have a chance to light up or uh, crack a beer, but if you do and pair with a, with a cigar, kudos to you. Hope you guys stay safe and have a great weekend. And as we say on Sharing Our Pairings, we want you to drink better. 
but drink less. And this is, of course, our After Dark segment where I just put it on our split camera and just, just ramble chill. on. Just, just chill out, out, have a beer, have a cigar, let so our live actually, audience chat. We did have one more question from Harley that I didn't get to in the last Oh, time. unbelievable. That's all right. Uh, what non-booze drinks would go well with the Oktoberfest? I could see a, like a cola, like, I don't know if I would go Coke or Pepsi, but like, you know how they sell kind of natural colas with a Mm. K that have actual cola nut in them? It's not super sweet or whatever? Yeah, I feel like one of those would actually go really, really well with the cigar. Um, I could say, I'm going to go weird here. Uh, I'm going to go a Lapsang Sushong tea. Yeah. You ever had Lapsang Sushong? (laughs) I've never actually had it. But there's a running joke in my in-laws family where when every single time my father-in-law has a gift that he's about to open, he guesses that it's one of three things, which is a lampshade, golf clubs, or Lapsang Suchong. Interesting. Uh, So one year we did buy him Lapsang Suchong. I don't think anybody ever drank it. It smelled real weird. Um, Well, to me, it's, uh, it's Pete in a glass. Like it's, it's the, it's, Oh, okay. It's teepeat. That's what it is, right? Like it really undergoes the same kind of process because what's well, like fire cured, because they they're taking um, same thing. They're taking wood chips and they're uh, smoking out the leaves. As I understand it, the reason they're doing that is because the tea is of so low quality, <laughs> and in order to make it palatable, they have to do that. Um, Laura uh, bought it, I think, really to try it out, and partially because I was featuring it on our tea show, and uh, she brewed it up. She took a sip and she just, you know, curled her nose up and she's like, no, no, no good. But so I, I Harley's do. follow-up to that is what about something us normal people can buy? Well, Lapsang Sushong, you can get it at any tea shop. I mean, you can, yeah, you can buy it at like tea. the grocery store. Yeah, it's pretty normal It's a really tea. rough cut tea that comes in bags. Or I mean, I could, I could, I could see um, I could see a chai going really interesting, like being an interesting combination. Oh, that's the, a good um, thought. Yeah, because the the spiciness it's not overly sweet. The spiciness, that chai spice, not super spicy, but it might hyper uh, accent some of the um, some of the nuttiness and creaminess and sweetness in this cigar. I was um, thinking maybe a Cuban coffee. Oh wow! Like yeah, a real sweet oh, espresso. I think that would go really well with it. It's cheating though. But yeah, coffee is Cuban coffee is absolutely it's cheating. cheating. So yeah, so if you go to LaneCoffee.com who is not a sponsor of the show, by the way. Lane Coffee should be a friend sponsor of the show. Of the show. Uh, they're a friend He's of the show. He's too cheap to sponsor us. He's too cheap to sponsor us. That's uh, Logan and Rob, by the way. Um, that Yeah, you know, Cuban coffee. Even an iced coffee actually would be uh, would be a real interesting, like, um, yeah, iced coffee would be good. I mean, the tough thing is um, when you get outside of, of alcoholic beverages, I mean, you really kind of fall into the three categories of you got pop, you got tea, you got coffee. And That's about it. That's, I mean, that's really it. That's kind of the three beverages. I mean, you wouldn't do sweet tea, you know, you wouldn't do any kind of uh, juice because the, the the acidity in the juice is going to be a little bit too much for the cigar. Um, so it's tough with non-alcoholic beverages. I mean, you know, I, I like to pair a lot of Dr. Peppers, but I, I feel like Dr. Pepper is Dr. just going to be Dr. Pepper is also in- cheating. Yeah, it's cheating too. In this case, I actually think Dr. Pepper might be a bad match for the cigar, um, I think the sweetness off the Dr. Pepper might just kind of run this cigar right over. Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of why I went with like a, a natural cola kind of cola because it's they're typically not as sweet. They're a little more kind of uh, 
they've got that syrupy cola nut kind of flavor, even though they don't have as much sugar. Right. And I think that that would sort of mimic uh, a nice dark beer like the Polliner. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that we, you know, not that we have anything against non-alcoholic drinkers, because we've certainly paired our sh- fair share of uh, of non-alcoholic beverages in the show. We've had a few tea shows. We've had uh, quite a number of pop shows. Um, I do want to take this moment to uh, thank some of the friends of the shows. So, uh, you know, one thing I should have done during our regular broadcast is, um, you know, I listen to a lot of different podcasts out there on the market every day on the way to work and home. So some of the friends of the show, some of the other podcasts you really should check out, Cigar Jukebox, Dave Burke does a really interesting show where he pairs uh, music with cigars. He just recently had uh, Matt Booth on, which is a clinic. If you're, if you're going to check out any show, you got to check that out. It's uh, it's a clinic. Um, you should check out Stogie Geeks. You should check out Primetime Live with uh, Coop and Aaron Loomis. That's on Thursday after Cigar Chat. Uh, you should check out the Cigar Authority. Um, there's a lot of different shows out there. These are all uh, these are all excellent shows. Uh, I listen to all of them because variety is the spice of life. So uh, you know, I recommend you check them out as well. Support the industry. Yeah, absolutely. And I listen to all of those. So I'm really digging this um, this Oktoberfest. Um, and you know, you know me, I'm kind of a little poo poo on uh, Dominican cigars, kind of in general. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and I think. Just- I- yeah. They just don't do much for me for some reason. I don't know I why. I can't identify why. But Casada is one of those companies that um, I don't think there's a single offering from Casada that I don't enjoy. Um, you know that um, I'm going to totally screw up the name, but it's like the K de Tat, which which got the the bat end to it. It's a really long. It's oh like seven yeah. And, yeah. So I just found one of those in my humidor, and I think it's from uh, 2015. And I'm super excited to light that up because. Um, that was uh, one of my favorite cigars from Casada. I mean, it's it's an investment in time because, you know, God, it takes me like two and a half hours to smoke that thing. But um, fantastic cigar. Really, really enjoy it. I, I don't think I've actually smoked that one. I might need to track one down and give it a shot. It's interesting. I mean, it's good. Well, I do find that um, companies that tend to do Dominican cigars really well, I mean, I think that's why I enjoy them because they make, you know, a higher quality product. Maybe that's a bad way to say it. Um, but yeah, my, my flavor profile, my palate just tends to gravitate away from Dominican tobacco, which is really weird because I like Cuban cigars and Cuban cigars, you know, a lot of the Cuban manufacturers like Manola Casada, his family came from Cuba. They were manufacturing cigars in Cuba, doing uh, brokerage in, in tobacco in Cuba for over a hundred years. Um, so, you know, they were big, big into the tobacco industry before moving into Dominican. But I suppose in a way that makes sense, they've got all this history of tobacco. It probably explains why I enjoy their cigars so much. Well, so a thing that I've noticed about companies that come from Cuba is when you see a company that comes from Cuba and they go to the Dominican, they say they chose the Dominican because their tobacco is the closest to Uh Cuban. And when you see a company or a person that goes from Cuba to Nicaragua, they say Nicaraguan tobacco is just so different from Cuban tobacco. Very different. Because they're, it's just two completely different sides of the coin. Yeah. When the Dominican is, is actually closer, but it's, you know, there, there's obviously a difference there. Yeah, I do find that, um, I do find with Dominican tobaccos, uh, there's something in the soil or something in the way it's grown. Um, there's a, And I think it's, I've heard it described as a twang. Cuban tobacco. There's a there's a particular twang in Cuban tobacco, and I enjoy Cuban cigars. Um, but oftentimes, I find that um, even with really great Cuban cigars, 
there, there's just not enough complexity there for me. Yeah. So for me, that's exactly yeah. how I feel. Yeah. So for me, you know, I get into a Casada and part of the thing I really enjoy about it is the complexity level is just dialed way, way up, you know? Yeah. It's not 11, but it's, you know, an eight or a nine, which is uh, fantastic. Um, you know, and it, you know, talking about the price point of this, it's seven ninety five. It's perfectly with within the reason. I think anytime you can bring a, a especially a themed cigar like this, which has got some cool packaging, kind of an interesting band, if you can bring that to the market under nine dollars, that, that should be pretty approachable for most cigar smokers. Yeah, I would think so. Um, I mean, that's that's kind of the the market now is is like seven to nine dollars is where the the meat of the market really is. Yeah, I think so. So we've got some interesting upcoming shows. Um, we've got Mo on tomorrow night. Uh, I think next week we're doing is is next week our uh, Are you not entertained show? Yes. <laughs> gladiator so, edition. The gladiator edition. Um, so yeah, we do we have, have a sp- we haven't actually talked about it publicly. We people no. know that it's called Are you not entertained? Mm-hmm. But I don't think anybody besides the two of us uh, and our special guests know who, what we're actually doing. Yeah. So, um, some time ago, a good friend of mine, uh, Will sent me, um, <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't know at the time whether to call it the punishment package or just, he just wanted to see me smoke it live on the show, but he sent me some really, really big ring age stuff. Um, we're going to be smoking some asylum 13s. Uh, we're smoking the, uh, the donkeys, the six by eighties, and we're going to have a special guest from the cigar authority, Barry Stein, who is a, a lover of all things, whiskey and scotch man after my own heart. And uh, he's going to he's gonna bring on the really cool new Asylum, which is the uh, 7x70 box press, which oh. I got to say, super jelly because I feel like – we're I'm going to talk to Asylum when we're at the show and see if I can get my hands on some of the box press. But uh, I feel like a box press 70 ring gauge might be approachable because yeah, a non-box so press 70, that's just, that's just huge, man. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, so I, I think you guys, you're smoking. What is it? The six by eighty, and I've 80, got, yeah. I've got the seven by seventy. Oh, that's right. You got the seven by seventy. Yeah, the regular seven by seventy, not the TAA. Yeah, yeah, the regular seven by seventy. I, I'm thinking about swinging by the shop and seeing if they have the six by eighty, just so we can all <laughs> match. But. Well, I think it's it. have a seventy to smoke still. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's interesting to go the gamut. I've got the six by eighty. See what the performance is. You've got the seven by seventy. Barry's gonna have the box press. I feel like Barry's got the right end of that that whole deal. Yeah, yeah he's um, got the good end of the stick. I am a little worried uh, because I do film publicly here on my patio. I'm a little worried about some of the looks I'm gonna get <laughs> from my neighbors. Um, I might get some. Uh, I might get some some mail from the uh, from the condo group about offensive or obscene cigar smoking. Yeah. I'm not sure but that I, will be I coming up. Definitely see yeah. That will be coming up next week on Wednesday. And I think, uh, after that we're going, uh, on, so that's uh, Wednesday, which is the 17th. And then the 24th, we're going, uh, I think it's the Nicarustica, which yeah. we haven't paired in, uh, no, no, pardon me. That's not true. We're going, uh, Hoya de Nicaragua, dark Antonio. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Which I love. Oh. And, uh, I was shocked that we've never featured the dark Antonio on the show before. Like it just yeah, that's really surprising. I mean, I've smoked like eight boxes or something like like I, I like when we go down to Nicaragua, I smoke them like nonstop. So I could not believe we hadn't featured on the show, and it's kind of a mainstay of the Hoya catalog. So that'll be on the twenty fourth. Um, look for me to pair some really strong beverages with that, uh, right. and then thirty first we're doing the Nicarustica, which is another cigar we've not 
had on sharing our parents, which I was really shocked really? at. Never? Never. That's surprising. Uh, it's a great cigar. It's a great cigar. I was talking to my buddy last night about it, actually. He was, we were on the phone. He's in Connecticut. We were smoking, he was smoking one. And I was telling him just that it's just such a solid cigar. Mm-hmm. And then on June 7th, we're going to do the um, Coffee, Coffee, Coffee Part 2. Oh, yeah. Because we did Coffee, Coffee, Coffee back all the way back in February of 2016. I didn't think it had been that long. But uh, time does fly in the show. Either that or I'm blacking out after the show. I'm not sure which. Could be either. All right, Joe. Either way, we've got some exciting shows coming up. So go to CigarFederation.com. You can check out the event calendar. Or you can just subscribe to our podcast and get the delicious content delivered directly to your phone as it comes out every morning. I am your host, John the Cigar Surgeon. I am joined by Trippy Trend. We do appreciate you tuning into our show live. And we do want to say that you know, the big motto here on Sharing Our Pairings is drink better, but drink less. 